Hello and welcome to the On The Knob podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kelly, standing in for regular host this week, Will Rooney. This evening I am joined by regular tipsters, Henry Gibbs and Paul Martin. How are we, lads? Enjoying this this lockdown. So give us plenty of time to study uh, to, to study these novice races that we're going to touch on, so being busy. Plenty of winners for listeners then, hopefully, Paul, with the extra study time. Well, um, there's no excuses. <laughs> right, what we're going to do this week is we're going to uh, do a Cheltenham preview on the novice hurdle races. Um, we'll get straight into it with the Supreme Novices Hurdle, which is the curtain raises of the festival, which is, of course, won by Shishkin last year. And Henry Gibbs was on big uh, last year. He bought me a few pints mm. for his winnings, which he appreciated. And it looks a relatively weak race for me this year. Um, the market leader at the moment is appreciated. Looks like the William Mullins charge is set to run here instead of the Ballymore. Uh, then next in the market, we've got Metier and Third Time Lucky uh, for the British. And then moving on from that, we've got Bally Adam, who was quite disappointing last time out in the future champions novice here at Leopardstown. Henry, I'll come to you first. Do you give Bally Adam a chance, or are you with the favourite here? Um, in regards to Bally Adam, he's probably a more backable price now, at fourteen to one, than what than what he was prior to his run last time out. Um, you, be, you, I'm always happy to forgive one bad run, and at the end of the day, Elliot Horses weren't firing at all early over Christmas. Um, I think Bally Adams scoped dirty as well after the run, so even more reason to forgive it. However, it wasn't a horse that I was totally convinced by prior to its run over Christmas. It, it just didn't jump well, and I think just because the fact it was a novice hurdle trained by Gordon Elliott, owned by Cheveley Park, that uh, it was getting more accolades than it deserved, and it was probably only favourite because it was the only horse that was consistently running, and and winning a couple of decent races. I wouldn't be backing it for the Supreme on what I've seen. Um, it is a weak Supreme. You've got appreciated there as the market leader. It's one of them. It's probably the best horse in the race, but I've always said that. I think appreciated will be better over further. And you might just get done for a bit of speed up the hill over two miles. It's likely that Town End will go from the front, keep it fairly simple, and it's just trying to find the right one that might might just do it for speed. Because as as we all know, it's it's certainly not the strongest of Supreme Novices hurdles. I don't think it's going to be like we've seen over the last few years, where there's plenty of winners mid division, um, that obviously finish mid division in the Supreme that go on to bigger and better things the following season. There's a couple at big prices that I'd be happy to to keep on side. Again, I'm not 100% sure if they're going to line up in this race, but that's part of the anti-post fun. Hopefully, a few bookmakers will go non-running no bet soon. I know Paddy Power have, but I'm sure a few of the others will follow fairly sharpish. Um, One of them is Magic Tricks for Gordon Elliott. This is a horse that's always been thought quite a lot of by Gordon and JP McManus. Um, it started off over bumpers in October. It was highly fancy to go in, went off six to five favourites and, and was quite disappointing to be fair, it finished fourth, but it, it just looked desperately in need of the experience. It then went to Navin at the start of December, over two miles on soft grounds, absolutely bolted up by nine lengths, looked like it really improved for 
it's it's run a punch just down back in October and jumps slickly and I think a strong pace over two miles would be perfect for him being a um, an ex pointer pointer. So that's a whole start that, that I'd consider, especially given the connections. If it does line up, I can't see it going off at that price. So he, he's he's my number one. Um, I'd have to give a quick shout out to third time lucky as well. Another horse was in behind, appreciated in the bumper, but ran a ran a crack and race. To be fair, for for the skeleton team, finished fourth in the bumper. Um, then obviously went novice early in the season, won its first two, and then went. It did go to Cheltenham and got it got beat, got turned over, come second, but it's quite a disappointing ride from Harry that day, and I think he'll hold his hands up, saying he just got too far behind the front runner who was away and gone, stayed on up the hill and just couldn't quite close the gap. Then put put that to bed with a comfortable win at Kempton over Chris over Christmas, and I just think with the time lucky, the race is going to be run for suit. He could be the one that could just have a nice turn of foot up that Cheltenham Miller. Hopefully, Skelton just rides him a little bit closer this time, and he's a solid each way shout against the Fav and Magic Trips is my one. That's a bit a bit out there that could could run a big race. Thank you very much for that, Andy. Yeah, Magic Six is top priced forty to one with Bet Three Six Five at the moment. So very good each each way price there. And we've got like I said, it's one of them, Andy. It was it was in the entries for the big two and a half mile hurdle that we see at Nice on Wednesday. Uh, but it, it was pulled out after Dex. But I just think he hasn't really got one for the Supreme JP, has he? Um, no. He got Flint to Sakura for Henderson, who was ma- massively disappointed. So I wouldn't be surprised if this magic trick lands up on on the Supreme to just. I just think he's he's a lot better than a lot of the horses ahead of him in the market. So um, by all means, take a shot at the forties and maybe when it is not running all best, like twenties, twenty fives, and that's enough insurance. Yeah, I agree, Henry. Um, then we've got third time lucky, obviously, 16 to 1 and the mark. That's also a backable play, uh, each way price. Paul, we move on to you next for the Supreme. Um, we've got Messier in the market here at 7 to 1. It won the Tollworth the other week. Um, I think I've got question marks myself about that form. Only beat Shake up Harry that day. Do you uh, give the uh, fry charge a chance or? Say it's, it's, it's got a chill be there or thereabouts, but I wouldn't be backing it. Um, I'll just come on to the, the first with like the week going on to about the quality of it. Uh, I'd argue with this can you really say it's a week renewal before the race? Because the sample size you, you get like two bumpers and maybe one or two runs over hurdles. So uh, I'd prefer to look at it after because I'll give you the exact in 2011, the one that uh, say uh, Alpha off one. It was Alpha off Q card and Sprint to Sakhri, and everyone knows what's come out of that after it. Uh, but say to, to, to reinforce that, Sprint to Sakhri and Alpha off were both double figure prices. So at the time, a lot was expected of them. So, as I say, if, if you, to, I just don't think there's enough to go on to say it's a weak renewal. I'd say to, it's one of these. I've always thought time will tell, and you can pick the bones of it out. You can pick the bones of it after the race. Um, but on this one's this year's renewal, I think Meteor's this sexy English challenger. There's always one. The last couple of years, you've had Angel's Breath, Irvine, Lamy, Serge. Always go off second or third, five and a flatter to deceive. And I think that'll be the case with Meteor this uh, 
this year, just not sold on it at all. I uh, appreciate it looks very solid, worthy fav. Um, to say take on board when Henry said he possibly wants further, but it does look like he's going to come here. Uh, we know he acts on the track, so he was only a uh, chin in the bumper last year by Fernie Hollow, uh, so we know he acts around here. Uh, beats the f- say, beat Bally Adam, didn't he, handsomely? Uh, Bally Adam was fav prior to it. Obviously, he can make arguments uh, that he shouldn't have been fav in the first place, but alas, he was, and he, uh, he put him in his place, so couldn't argue with appreciated being favourite. Uh, the one I'm going to take a little chance on is Lakeo's article for Nicky Henderson. Uh, he's went the same path as Shishkin last year, went, went and entered the race in Newbury uh, in the middle of December, I think it was. Uh, don't get me wrong, didn't beat much, but uh, say he'd done it the first time he was on the English race course. And he uh, done 8-15, to 15, was expected to win and won nicely by seven lengths. Uh, just say the traits the same uh, connections as last year's winner Shishkin, as I say. Uh, so I think the plot on the same path with him. Obviously, you'd have to take on board. He's only had the one run over here, uh, but at twenty-five to one, you won't have to pay a pay a lot of money to find out. So, as I say, not a lot to go on. Uh, twenty-five to one, though, for the uh, given the connections, that'll be where my uh, ten cents is going. I just want to say with that. I don't think I've seen an owner with his, don't get me wrong, he hasn't got the biggest string, but pound for pound, it must be like, I don't think he's got a bad horse. I say, I'll be in photo, Shishkin, that's Perry and Falange. He's just bought that other one that uh, he sent with Mullins. I forget that it's going in the, the um, say the French, it won the other week and it's about second fab for the triumph. Uh, so it's, I don't know where he buys them from, but let's hit me hat off to them. It's unbelievable strength in depth. I agree, Paul. Uh, yeah, top price 25 to 1 on Sky Better's Lakeo's article. Anything to add on the Supreme Henry, what Paul said, or should we move on to the Albert, uh, the Ballymore? Sorry. Yeah, move on. I think gave, gave listeners a couple of decent each way prices there. So hopefully get off to a nice, a nice winning start. No problem, right? Yeah, so on to the first race of the Wednesday of the festival is the Ballymore Novice has said over two mile four furlongs. Brave man's game. Do we think it's the real deal, lads? Paul Nichols has um, picked it up as the new Denman after winning the shallow hurdle. He's a decent sort that day in Stargate. What do you reckon, lads? Is it going to win four to one? We'll come to you on that, Henry. No, no, no. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I think he's got a cracking horse on his hand in Brave Man, Brave Man's game. But I don't know. I just I I, I come over. Even he compares it to them, and even them and did get beaten a Ballymore two and a half miles. So it's one of them. I do think it's it's going to be a better chase. like them and was, and it, it's more of an RSA contender for next year for me. And again, he, he what what he beat over him. Over in Brit- over in Britain, he can only do what he's done, and it has been impressive. But I just think there's more strength and depth again to the Irish form. And at four to one, I think a lot of a lot of shrewdies have been back in Brave Man's game over the last few weeks with this idea that the Irish horses might not be coming over, and it, it's probably one of the more realistic chances of a British winner, especially in the novice races, because that that shallow hurdle was a bit of a funny one. I thought. Like Brave Man's game basically got his own way in front. They went very slow. Yeah, does he know that ran out 
while about Oscar that just didn't jump well. And then I think Stargate was just a bit a bit flat to be honest. I think that run at Sandown, although it was only again quite a slowly run race, but it wasn't. Yeah, he's had quite a lot of runs in a short period of time. Stargate, and no matter. How fast you go around Sandown on every ground, it's going to take its toll. And I think he just needed a bit more, bit more of a break. And again, Brave Man's game was impressive, but was I be backing it at that price? No, I don't know what Paul thinks. Yes, I think Henry must have stole my notes there because I agree with everything he said on there. Brave Man's game, uh, not sold on him. Uh, the cello fell apart with does he know losing his mind? Uh, Skelton one fell. As you say, Stargazer looked a bit flat and say he beat the Glancing Queen by 10 lengths. The Glancing Queen's all right. We'll say it's nothing to, you know what I mean? We're not going to lose our minds over it. Uh, so beating the Glancing Queen by 10 lengths, don't think it justifies it to be short of well, 72, 4 to 1 for a Ballymore. Say it's going to be a big field Ballymore because there's not, not much to scare them off. So it's not going to have it all his own way. So I'd be more than happy to take it on air. The ones I'll go with, it'll probably know me fate on Wednesday because I'm going to uh, have a tentative stab on Ashdale Bob for Harrington. Uh, as I say, it goes Wednesday, so I'll probably know me fate uh, come after that. But uh, be two recent winners on his two starts over hurdles. Uh, Reopposed that wide receiver as well on Wednesday, so I'll fully expect him to confirm the form. Uh, if he wants to win the Ballymore, he should be should be taking this out on Wednesday. Um. So there's him, and then say Bear Grylls from over the week at Bear Grylls, sorry. Um, we'll have to improve on his jumping, and the trainer touched on that today, but looks like it's going to be aimed at the Ballymore, so he can uh, sort his jumping out. He's he, not so much under the radar now, obviously, but then two at 25 to 1, Ashdale, Bob, and uh, Bear Grylls would be my two uh, tentative darts. Thank you very much, lads. None of you fancy and the Irish contingent coming over, potentially. Bob Ollinger, who's got form behind Fernie Hollow. Uh, you've got the Mullins charge as well. Is it Gaillard and Mesnil? Um, that won by 10 lengths at uh, the Leopardstown meeting over Christmas. Um, Mullins, as mentioned, he wants to keep that away from Appreciated as well. So I think that more or less firms up Appreciated will go to Supreme and Gaillard and Mesnil will come here for the Ballymore. Uh, any takes on the Irish form? Um, I'd have Bob Ollinger as the most likely winner of the Ballymore. And again, it's similar to Paul. I think Wednesday is going to be a, a, a crucial race in the in the Ballymore market, really, whatever comes out and wins on, on Wednesday. Because you've got Bob Ollinger, you've got Ashdale Bob, but you've also got one of Mullins's Blue Lords, which is held in high regard when it's only start So. If, if one of them goes on and wins quite quite takenly on Wednesday, they're going to be pretty much joint favourites, I presume, a brave man's game. Bob Ollinger, um, seasonal debut, November, ran at Garland Park in a race with Fernie Hollow and was beaten a length, but that, that was over two miles there, and I think he just got done for speed that day. Both of the horses pulled way clear. And Henry de Bramhead seemed to agree because he then stepped him up to two and a half for his next start. Uh, ran in a nothing race, really, against a load of handicappers at best. Went off one to eight. Julia Blige by 14 lengths on the bridle. And his jumping was a little bit of a worry there, but I think that'll just get better, especially with a truly run race. And 
he's certainly one that I'm I'm re- really excited about. I think I think he, he's going to be the one from the Irish. Um, the Mullins one, Gallard de Mesnil. I was a bit disappointed with his first run of the season. He, don't get me wrong, he may well have needed the run, but he, he, he finished second and he, he, was, he was well beaten by Holy Macaponi, beaten by eight lengths that day in, no, in November. And Holy Macaponi, I don't think he was right the next start, but he ran no sort of race, so there's not much substance to that. And then, again, I don't think he beat much at Leopardstown over Christmas. Gordon Elliott had... Indigo Breeze there, that was heavily pointed, ran no sort of race, was tailed off, um, finished eighth. And then the horses in behind, Gallard de Mesno was um, a couple of Henry de Bromeds and Mr. Incredible and Magic Days. And they were both fairly big drifters on the day. So I'm sure they were expected to improve for the run. And then you've got like 40 to 1, 12 lengths back and forth. And you just think there's not much substance to that form. And with how well the Mullins horses were running, over Christmas, I, I'd, I'd have to be seeing that again before I consider them a series contender in the Ballymore. So it, it, it's Bob Ollinger for me. And again, I'll just give a quick mention to Magic Tricks just in case he does go for the Ballymore because I think that's a ho- it is a horse I like a lot and he could just as easy line up here. So um, that's why I'd maybe just wait for the non-runner no bet and back Magic Tricks in both. So they're my two, Bob Ollinger and Magic Tricks. Good stuff, good stuff. Henry, anything to add there, Paul, on the Irish challenges? Or? Um, no, I'll just say, just say, compared to last year, when they said the look at the role of honour in it, I, I do think that what you said about the Supreme being a weak event, I think this is a, that this looks an absolute, I'd like to say stinker, but maybe not quite that strong, but certainly, a, certainly don't think much of the line up this year, I must admit. No problem. We'll move on to um, the Dawn Run Mare's Novice Hale then, lads, uh, which Constantista hacked up in last year. Um, we've got the current marker leader as Galloise. Um, she looks a real tough mare to me. Um, she has been jumping out to a right on her first two runs um, around fails, but for me, I think she's got a great chance in this. Um, obviously, my novice hurdler to follow might line up here, Queen's Brute, but the less said about air runs so far this season, the better. Um, right, we'll come to you first on this one, Paul. What, what do you fancy here? Yeah, so just going to touch on the fact that Gaul Louise, it's literally it's, it's there because of connections in it. Uh, say it's not much into the form. To, it's, say, the Mullins uh, prototypical mare's novice favourite. So you can set your watch to it, have the favourites every year, and I think that's the case here. I uh, would just say, though, the owner is the same owner in as Manella Melody and Honeysuckle, so he's obviously got eye for a, a decent mare, so possibly as well that would give it a bit of substance, but no, I think just on connections alone, that one. Uh, and interesting ones, there's this Gypsy King for Peter Fahey. It'll be some, it'll be an unbelievable show. Say again? Gypsy Island, is it? <laughs> What did I say? Yeah, sorry, Gypsy Islands. I beg your pardon. Got been watching boxing highlights, so but yeah, Gypsy Islands. It's as I say, it's going to take one hell of a performance. It's been off in the best part of two years, May twenty nineteen. It was last run, uh, but she, if you go through it, the form's absolutely superb. It's ran five times. It's won four, and it, the only time it was beaten was by a length, and that was by none other than put the cattle on. Uh, she's already won a. Grade three, 
able as I say just the option if it weren't for the options then so I'd be all over this one. I don't know if they maybe if they can try and get out of the Dublin festival because obviously to come straight to Cheltenham is it must be nigh on impossible to win after such a long absence. So if they could get a run into air before the air festival, I'd be quite strong on that. Uh, but the one that'll take same connections but at a bigger price and it's an absolute dart, there's not a, not a lot to go on. It's uh, my whirlwind for Henderson and McManus. It's uh, 20 to 1, so you don't have to, it's a complete dart, but you don't have to pay a lot to find out. It's 400,000, it costs after winning, it's point to point impressively. If you go through the point to point, Clondor Caelan was pulled up, it'll be, it's come back out and it won a grade 2 up at Kelso. But then the one thing that I will throw uh, some cold water on it is the second in that point to point, now rated 108. It had one loser run for Henderson and was shipped off to a to a lesser stable, and then it's it ran twice in December and being beaten by a hundred lengths in, in two races. So we couldn't go overboard, but just to say, a bit hypocritical because I was bemoaning connections. It's the only reason it's favourite here, but I'm just going the connections angle here. McManus, Henderson, Mears, and the uh, the price tag. So if my whirlwind goes here at twenty to one. I'll have a little stab on that, but I'll be keeping my eye on Gypsy Island as well. Thanks a lot for that, Paul. Going to come to you, Henry, next. Bit of a question for you, though. Do you think we're overlooking the glancing queen here? I remember me and you being at Inksy with Paul, coincidentally, when it won the Mayor's bumper. I think we're overlooking her here for this race at best price, 16-1 to 1 with um, Bethfair. I think it could have a good chance. Obviously, you form behind um, Brave Man's Game at the weekends. What, what, what's your opinion on the glancing queen? Yeah, I mean, um, he's got form against Geldings, which is always a positive when it comes to these men's races. Um, obviously, ran in the bumper last year, finished eighth, but it, it was quite, it was quietly fancied that day, so I reckon he would have been slightly disappointed with that. Had a couple of runs on the flats in the summer at Kempton, didn't really do much, but it's never one mile four around Kempton, I don't think it was ever going to be up the glancing Queen Street. I was, I was taken by his comeback run in November at Warwick. That was she, she ran a great race there when she, she won by eight lengths. And I thought she'd run quite a big race in the Charlo. I thought she had ideal conditions, soft ground, two and a half around the galloping track like nobody. But she was another one. She, she was disappointing there. Again, if you fancy her, and I can't put you off at the price, she's won round Shelton before, and Alan King knows what he's doing with his mare. So... It's certainly it's 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 one of them. You can't you can't put you off at sixteen to one, but it's it's not going to be where my money would be going. In regards to this race, it's only when I look through the novice races, the novice hurdles earlier today, there isn't much depth to these races, and I wouldn't be surprised if we do get a couple of shock winners because a lot of the. As Paul touched on in the Supreme, a lot of them have only ran one or two times and we don't know much about them. Again, in this Mayor's Novice Hill, the two probably ones that would be most fancy that are already, well, she wears it well, 99% going to miss out. She would have been very exciting if she went here. And Gypsy Ireland, it's going to be near enough 700 days since we, we've seen, seen her. So I, I don't think... I don't think she'll be lining up, to be totally honest. And then, the most favourite, Galois, she has been impressive, uh, gritty, hardy performance. But 
again, can't can't be backing it at, at, at that price at this stage. So the one I've landed on is Royal Kahala for Peter Farhi. He will be disappointed if Gypsy Island doesn't get there, but he's he's certainly got a lively contender in this one. Royal Kahala, she's had quite a few runs in made um, a debut for the season in October where she finished fifth but looked badly in need of it. Looked to blow away the cobwebs and then she put that right in a another bumper where she won that one by twelve lengths. Quite impressively a fairy house. Then Peter made no mistakes in sending her straight over hurdles where she she went to Fairy House in November, two and a half miles soft ground and very impressively power clear to him by six and a half lengths. Then turn of the year ran a fairy house and I was really taken by by a win in in quite a decent little Merzella fairy house. He had hook up, which is another Mullins horse that Rich Ritchie that was held in high regard went off evens and no excuses that day. Royal Kahala got it was a bit shorter room, two out, got stuck on a fence. Kevin Sexton's had to switch it out and she's just picked up like a really good horse. She's Power clear went right through the line, which is always always taken. And I, I think if this was trained by by Willie, there's no question in my mind this horse would be going off favourite. And Peter Farr, he's no mug. You know he knows how to train his horses. And you get an eight to one for Royal Kahala, and I, I think she is going on the form we've seen. She should be favourite in my book. She she really was really impressive. Fairly out that day and. Have no issues on the ground, and I think dropping back and trip, she'll be staying on strongly up that hill. Good stuff, good stuff, Henry. Yeah, um, Royal Kahala, best price on three six five at nine to one. There, um, I agree with you as well. Couldn't be back in Gypsy Island with stolen money. Hasn't been off track for a while. I think it will definitely need the run when it comes back. Uh, what we'll do next, lads, is we'll move on to uh, the Siam Hurdle, the, the now infamous Time Hurdle after um, Goshen's Fall um, oh. last year. Uh, this is the first race on the Friday, ran over two miles. Talk about Gary Moore's charges. We've seen Nassalam at the weekends in the Coral Finale, um, but Chet down at Chepstow, sorry, got turned over by the uh, David, David Pipe saying to Dargio. Um, what do we reckon, lads? Adagio's already ran in the, the uh, style for this race at Cheltenham and got turned over by um, was a duffel coat of Gordon Elliott's and she didn't receive five pounds that day um, from duffel coat. Yeah. We've got Zana here as well, the um, worthy favourite for me, um, 11 to 4 at the moment. So I think we'll come to you again, Paul, on this one first. Yeah, it's uh, just reading the Salem here. Uh, I thought that I'd had, couldn't, didn't, wasn't going to back it on Saturday. I uh, thought the day girl would win and uh, Julie obliged. I was, uh, think, as I say, one, two egg and spoon races, whereas the day girl had the better, uh, uh, it had the championship form behind Duffelcoat, who I think is really useful. Uh, so I was always happy, so especially at the prices. I thought the day girl was a cracking bet and uh, you, you, could, you could see he was the winner a couple out, about three from home. You could see he was just ready to uh, to pick it up and win handsomely and so he did. Uh, I think it'll go the triumph, but I don't think it'll be winning it. Uh, as I say, there's no reason for it to overturn the, the form with Duffelcoat. I don't know why he's a shorter price. Duffelcoat 14 to 1 and the day girl's 9. Uh, I can't work that one out, but I don't think either of them will win it. 
Uh, obviously, respect the favourite, but it's the other Elliot runner, which I'm a Quilirixios for Shearley Park. Um, again, it's the problem you've got is obviously Elliot's got the fav. Is he gonna, you know, is he gonna run them against each other? So it's not running no bet now. So I'm with Paddy Power, so I was gonna back it a bit with them. Uh, but say it's two different owners, so say there's a chance he'll run them both. But if he does, say uh, they'd be the one I am, especially given the price on it 12 14. It's only had two starts over here. They say there's last run, literally four runner race, it went off at one to 16. So say you've got to take that of a pinch of salt, but it's only a pound below on the RPR ratings with uh, the favourite. Uh, and then, as I say, it's triple the price, uh, that'll be the one for me. But it's, as you say, it's whether or not he's uh, going to run both of them. He's, he's put one away for punches, Tan, or vice versa, but uh, we'll see. Uh, there's, say, that Mullins one I touched on, the that was bought by Joe Donnelly. Uh, that's, that looks a strong... Uh, Mullins got a strong hand again, and he's got one as well called Jumdor. Uh, that looked really good when that last ran. So it's uh, it is as always a shape enough to be a very the, the thing with this is it looks good on paper before it and then uh, I think we spoke on it about another podcast like the list of them that say don't go on to achieve anything after it. Uh, is that is that winner from last year being out this year? Being in big team now, and it, it hasn't yeah. made it season or the appearance yet. Yeah, no, I don't know what's going on with that. To be fair, it's just a weird, weird for the season. It's it's, it's just a, a weird, weird race. You say mm. they, they look like they have the world defeating, and just bad, argue, bad, Effy De Sul and Tiger all off the top of my head. It's I say Lichard. I don't know what happens to them. Uh, <laughs> so back to it. It's Quilixios uh, for Shively Park and Gordon Elliott. Again, won't be going overboard as say he's got the favourite, so you don't know if he's going to uh, line them up. But if he does, but it's gone all quiet on the Western front. Can't, can't be no updates on it since it ran in October, which is a bit of a concern. But as I say, 12, 14 to 1, I'll have a, uh, I'll have a save and I'm going to no bet. Uh, the only certain with this one is it's, uh, it's going to Ireland again because I think the English contingent are absolutely terrible by the DGO. Uh, so chalk one up for the Irish on this one. Thanks a lot for that, Paul. <clears throat> um, I'm a, I was a Nassalam fan myself before, um, obviously, Saturday's events. What's interesting for me, though, Henry, I don't know what you think. I took 16s the other week for Nassalam to win this race, despite it being absolutely not in its two first runs of Fontwell. More fuel me for that, though. Interesting enough, though, it hasn't moved at all in the market with the bookmakers. It's still 16s, 14s with some bookmakers. Can can you forgive that run? It looked a bit of an, an awkward ride, jumping out to the right, pulling hard. Do, do you still think Nassalam's got a chance, or are you with Paul on the artist charges? Yeah, I'm with Paul, to be honest, Dan. In regard to Nassalam, I don't think he had meant, like, I think that's just how he... How he's gonna run. He's, he, he is a BTEC version of Goshen from last year, really. <laughs> um, wins a couple of average races by half the track and then jumps, runs key and jumps all over the place. But he's just, he has got a big engine. And I think, on it, on, I just don't think Chelton would suit him anyway. I think he'd want more of a flat, a flat track. And I think Zaggio is definitely the best out of them, too. Um, Going forward, 
in regards to the Irish, they have obviously got a strong hand. You've got Duffel Coast. He's probably the one I'd be happy to take on. He's just never travelled in that race at Cheltenham. And I think... Yeah, I just think he'll get it done. He'll be beat halfway round. I think he probably wants to step up and trip. And it was just the stamina that won on the race last time out. Uh, I really like the favourites down here. I think top notch yours, really impressive on all three runs. But that run last time out, I think it was extra telling the fact that. Obviously, Gordon Elliott wasn't having a, a great time over Christmas, but they saw still managed to go on and go on and win. French seal, very impressive as well. Another one near the front of the market, as Paul said, being bought by Joe Donnelly now with Willie Mullins, and that was back like its homework was going very well. That got some strong weight support in the markets just as they were going off and won as easy as as he liked really. So, from an anti-post perspective, it's quite a difficult race, this, because I do love Santa here, but you, you wouldn't be backing it. I think it'll probably go off a similar price on the day to what it is now, because with the triumph, you, you do see a few horses that come to the fort, January, February, and end up near the market where we know where Santa here is. I think 11 to 4 is probably a price you'll get on the day. Uh, looking down the market, the one I've landed on from an anti-post perspective is one of Nicky Henderson's called Goodbye Stranger. He'd probably be a massive price, to be honest, but he's only ran once. And the first half of the race, it was at Nibri, just in a juvenile hurdle. And he just didn't know it. it halfway round, whacking every fence, just didn't seem to be travelling, pushed along. And then halfway through the races, they, they started to pick up the, the speeds. Goodbye, strangers. Seemed to think, hang on, I know what I'm doing here. And started jumping well, travelling well, and it powered on straight through the line. Another one kept on well all the way up the running and won't going away. And I thought it was quite taken. It, it just reminded me of <laughs> Payton Hills. The fact that it only had one run for Henderson wasn't all that impressive, but it, I think it'll come on a lot for the experience. Connections, the Maneers, they've won it before with Peace and Cow. They know what it takes to, to to win a race like this. I'm sure they target. They like having a good juvenile coming over from France. So I don't know what price it is. But he's probably the one that certainly we don't know how good he is yet. But I think he could. Is it 20? Yeah, that's, that's fair enough, I think. This goodbye stranger, sorry, Henry, it's top price 33s with William Hill at the minute. Yeah, that, that'll do for me. That's a good bet. Um, no problem. What we do next is we'll um, we'll move on to the Albert Bartlett Novices Hurdle, which is uh, the second race on the Friday. Won last year by Monkfish, this, favorite, this year's uh, favourite for the RSA. For me, looking at the market, it's absolutely wide open. There isn't a class horse that stands out in this for me, and the market suggests that as well. So there's nothing at all that stands out. Interestingly enough, Henry, your novice hurdle to follow for the season um, isn't a bet in here. I suspect it might come here for you to the then. 25 to 1. Do you give, give it a chance? Or? Yeah, definitely, Ant, I think. It was disappointing. Obviously, it was impressive on, it, on his debut where it won easy as you like, obviously not much in behind. And then it, it stepped up um, to Grade's company, Grade 3 at Navin in November. And 
went off even money. It was disappointing over two and a half mile, but I think stepping up in trip could well be the making of him. He, he looks like just your style all day, doesn't he? That race at Limerick over Christmas. It, I think the only reason it was so close between him and the runner-up is because the runner-up was, was beaten early on and it just stayed on. Um, Farid Dilem um, was with one of Darren's hope, it was, of Robert Murphy's and them two sort of took each other on a long way out and obviously Farid Dilem got, got Darren's hope beat and then he obviously had this other challenger, the Gavin Cromwell horse and I think that was just a case of that that just stayed on from off the pace. It was ridden, ridden for the place. And luckily for for us punters, for it to managed to hold on. I just I just worry about it. He just tends to jump out slightly to the right, so that is a slight worry going to Cheltenham. But again, I think he's one of the classier horses in the race, and for I've sort of beat this drum quite a bit. But another Elliot horse that wins over Christmas when. The yards were really struggling for form. I think they can be upmarked and given like an extra couple of points for the for the performance. So he's certainly one that I'd consider, especially at a decent price, because like you said, I think he's definitely gonna go here after winning over two miles seven on heavy ground at Limerick. So um he's one for me. He may well go to Dublin Racing Festival for the two mile six novice hurdle there. So might be worth getting on before that because he could definitely run a big race. The other one I'd put up in this is another one of Gordon Elliott's and it's Fakira. Um, I think a few people had him on the radar for the Albert Bartlett from from his performance in November at Navin, won over two and a half mile there, beating a fire attack, but stayed on really strongly to the line and looked like he couldn't, he could have went round again basically. But it was actually a run, his, last, his run last time out there, that was appealing to me. It was in a grade two novice hurdle where one of Paul's fancies, Ashdale Bob, won. But Fakira was was beat, like forward out, to be honest. He was pushing away and Jack Kennedy just couldn't go the pace of Ashdale Bob and a few of the others. But he stayed on really strongly. He looked like he was going to finish a mid-division. And he just flew home and managed to get up for seconds. He was he's beaten six lengths, but it just looked like, you know what, that horse just can't wait to go over three miles. So I, I presume if that was over two miles forward, I think he'll definitely be stepping for Kira up in trip now. And he's an, he's one that'll just relish the Albert Bartlett distance. So it's two good and Elliott charges for me and the Albert Bartlett. Yeah, we've got Fakir priced up at uh, best price 25s with a few bookmakers and Brutal Loreno also 25s. Fakir would be my selection as well. I've seen that race you were referring to there, Henry, and it, it looked like it needed every yard of that two mile four, and it will appreciate the step up and slip. Um, last time I was at Limerick, Brutal Loreno did seem to clean up its jumping a bit, do you reckon, Henry? Jumped a bit straighter. Yeah, definitely yeah. jumped. Yeah, it jumped straighter, but that's going on a right-handed trap. Mm, so fair enough, yeah. Don't get me wrong, I think Gordon will be able to fix it, but it's just a niggling concern. But like I said, he's definitely got class mm. and he'll stay all day. And at the end of the day, when it comes to the Albert Bartley, you just want a horse that's had plenty of runs, will stay all day, and they've had three runs each between them already. And I'm sure he'll probably squeeze one more in before Cheltenham. So they're good enough for me. You've got like... 
keep gentlemen is only round one, so don't think he's going to be wanting a three-mile test. He's near the front of the market. Appreciate it, won't go here. I think if Ashdale Bob wins on Wednesday or runs a big race, they'll probably go Ballymore. And then you've just got Staffler um, for Willie Mullins at the top of the market, who probably deserves to be there, judged on what we've seen. He was impressive last time out, but... At the end of the day, I'd rather take my chances on a couple of twenty-five to one shots that I know are going to relish the the test of an Albert Bartlett. So, no, I agree, Henry. I agree fully with you there. Right, Paul, we'll come to you on this one. Paul, signal's gone there. Look. After Wednesday, I expect the price to be gone. So I'd say Zana here as a win bet. And for an each way bet, it'll be whatever magic tricks goes, whether that's the Supreme or the Ballymore. I'd be backing it with Paddy Power for both now. And so, yeah, we've got uh, Bob uh, Zana here, sorry, and um, magic tricks for Henry each way. Um, that is 40 to 1 if you don't want the non runner no bet and you want to take the gamble on where it turns up. Paul, we'll come to you next before we wrap up. Yeah, as I say, I couldn't stress Golden non running no bet enough with this one because it's uh, no guarantee it'll go. But if it does, I think Quilixios is a ridiculous place uh, in the triumph. So I would put that up at win bet 12, 14 to 1. But again, I preface that by saying make sure you get the non running no bet. And then uh, each way, it's just uh, the last one we touched on there. I think Barbados books in the Albert Bartlett, uh, 25 to 1 for the uh, powerhouse Paul Nichols. It's more than fair. So say open rate but uh, 25s say if it turns up it'll be single figures on the day so uh, Quilixios win bet and uh, each way Barbados books for the Albert Bartlett I'll tell you what then what we'll do there is I'll stick with Bob Ollinger for me Ballymore win bet and then we've got Magic Tricks for the Supreme Bob Ollinger for the Ballymore and we've got Paul's Gordon Elliott charge for the triumph, Calixios, and then Barbados books, and then we'll see everyone in the Caribbean where we'll spend the rest of our lives. Well, we we will be in Barbados because that'll be the last leg of the year. <laughs> so yeah, I'll, I'll book the flights now. <laughs> what we'll do is we'll have a um, we'll have a lucky fifteen on that. If it lands, we'll we'll throw a bit of charity as well before we head off to Barbados. So. Uh, <laughs> What we'll do is we'll, we'll wrap up there. Thanks a lot for listening. Uh, please remember to follow us on Twitter. Uh, like and subscribe to us on YouTube. It's all very much appreciated. Uh, you have been listening to the On The Knob podcast. Thank you very much. See you next time.